coming up this evening, live from New York City. Many parts of the U.S. raising the minimum wage today to help workers keep up with inflation. How will it impact businesses and workers? We hear two sides of the issue. Facebook owner Meta warning staff it's cutting its hiring plans, bracing for an economic downturn. One of Europe's biggest automakers warning the car market could collapse if electric vehicles don't get cheaper. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Chenny Wu here for NTD Business. Multiple minimum wage hikes have taken place today across multiple states. They aim to make sure the lowest paid workers are keeping up with the cost of living. But is it really that simple? NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more. On Friday, the minimum wage rose in multiple states across the U.S. Statewide increases have been implemented in Connecticut, Nevada, and Oregon, and in many cities in California, Illinois, and Maryland. Emeryville, California has the highest minimum among them at $17.68. It's the same as, say, uh, an excise tax on, on cigarettes, right? Governments impose those in order to reduce the amount of cigarettes consumed. And governments impose minimum wages, and they say it's to help labor. But what it's really doing is it's a price floor on labor, so it's reducing the amount of labor. John Dunham is the president of John Dunham & Associates, an economic research firm. Dunham has done a lot of research on the minimum wage and says, in the end, everyone pays for it. We found that almost 60% of the cost of a minimum wage ends up being paid for by the consumer. Uh, about 30%, a little under 30%, comes from people who lose their jobs. Some people think the minimum wage could be higher. You can't have a business without employees, and employees, if they're getting underpaid, they can't perform. Moshe Parad is the president of 26 Motors, which sells pre-owned cars in New York. Even though Parad believes in paying employees well, he's concerned about inflation. The problem is the cost of Everything became so expensive, the cost of having employees, the cost of product. The inflation rate in the U.S. is currently at 8.6 percent, around a 40-year high. I would do away with the minimum wage entirely and allow workers and employers to negotiate uh, what's best. Robert Wright is a senior faculty fellow at the American Institute for Economic Research. Wright says more employers won't have to let their workers go this way, effectively reducing their wages to zero. The federal minimum wage is currently $7.25 an hour and has stayed that way for the past 13 years. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. More signs that the U.S. economy is cooling down. Factory activity slowed more than expected in June, according to data from the Institute for Supply Management. Companies took in fewer new orders than the month before, for the first time in two years. But some economists say that's not because of a lack of demand. Instead, it's due to strained supply chains. Factory employment kept falling, likely because of a waning demand and worker shortages. So is this a sign of an upcoming recession? Actually, the Atlanta Fed's latest estimate says we could already be in one. It expects the U.S. economy to shrink 1% in the second quarter. That means we'll have two consecutive quarters of decline, which to many is the definition of a recession. But for now, we don't know for sure yet, at least not officially. That's because the group tasked with calling a recession 
usually officially recognizes it after the fact. The economic slowdown is hitting Facebook owner Meta. It's slashing its hiring this year. The firm has cut plans to take on new engineers by at least 30%. Company boss Mark Zuckerberg broke the news to employees yesterday. He says workers need to brace for a deep economic downturn. Zuckerberg said Meta had planned to hire 10,000 new engineers. But that number will now fall to 7,000 or even less. It's also leaving some vacant positions unfilled and turning up the heat on management to weed out poor performers. Meta is already battling a tough year, with its shares down by around half. On Wall Street, the market reversed early losses and closed higher for the day. The Dow rose 322 points, or one and one-tenth of a percent. The S&P added 40 points, or also one and one-tenth of a percent. And the Nasdaq gained 99 points, or nine-tenths of a percent. Getting ready for the 4th of July weekend? Your wallet better be ready, too. Prices for cookout items like burgers and hot dogs have gone up a lot. This leaves many Americans with tough decisions on how they'll celebrate the holiday. Julian Kitchener reports. Inflation is the party favor no one wants at their 4th of July celebration. But it's here, and summer cookouts have become more expensive. Prices for cookout items such as hamburgers, hot dogs, baked beans, and lemonade climbed 17% compared to a year ago, according to the American Farm Bureau Federation. Grocery bill for two people has gone up, I'll probably say about 2 to $300 for the month. And that has some Americans feeling less than festive. I'm not afraid to spend money, but it's gotten to the point where it is kind of ridiculous. And also the lack of availability for some things is um, higher as well. Global food prices began rising in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic and worsened after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Ground beef soared to an all-time high earlier this year, and beer prices have jumped 25 percent since 2021. The price of chicken wings has also climbed 38 percent since February year-over-year. Like most Americans, Ankia Novakova says she's brainstorming on ways to cut household costs. My grocery bill used to be about like $250, $300, and now it's skyrocketed to over $400. Um, Part of that's on me, though, and I include going out to eat also as part of my grocery bill. Still, she's planning a road trip over the holiday weekend despite high gasoline prices, which on average sit at $4.86 per gallon. Home prices are also going up, and it's affected a certain group of people. Home flippers, their profits are shrinking. But the trend seems to still be going strong. NTD's Sean Marshall has more. Now is not the best time to become a house flipper, statistically speaking anyway. Higher labor costs and rising mortgage rates have put house flipping profits on a decline. If you still want to venture into house flipping or already have houses to flip, here are some good things to know. Since house flipping has been on the rise for five straight quarters, Robert Helms of The Real Estate Guys has some experience with house flipping. I do. I actually uh, flipped a property early in my career, had a great learning experience, made about a hundred grand, and decided to never do it again. 
just the return on time you know it took a lot of effort and just dealing with contractors and just the whole thing about it i asked helms what's the most important strategy a house flipper should know so if you're looking to flip a house the most important thing is to understand your exit strategy and your price point there's a lot of friction when it comes to reselling a property in terms of transfer taxes and commissions and just the cost to do everything according to axios house flipping is 10 percent of home sales right now to me Flipping property is not investing. Flipping property is a great way to make some money. It's a job, it's a business, but it's not the same as investing in real estate. It's not that there's no money in house flipping. Just know what you're getting into. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Auto giant Stellantis says the car market will collapse if electric vehicles or EVs don't get cheaper. This after EU countries formally agreed to get rid of new gas-powered cars by 2035. That's just 13 years from now. Stellantis is now aiming to cut EV making costs by 40% before 2030. It also wants to introduce over 75 electric models this decade and transform some of its French plants to build electric cars instead of traditional ones. This is happening as EV prices in general are rising amidst all the inflation and supply chain disruptions. The CEO of Stellantis said policymakers seem to, quote, not care whether car makers have enough raw materials. The global computer chip shortage and supply chain issues wrecked havoc on General Motors in the second quarter. GM said today the lack of chips forced it to build 95,000 vehicles without certain components. It says most of the unfinished vehicles were built in June, and it expects to finish most of them by the end of this year. The automaker also said sales were down 15% during the quarter compared to a year ago. Despite the hit to sales, GM is still expected to sell the most new cars in the quarter, according to Cox Automotive. The holiday travel weekend is shaping up to be a challenging one. Airlines are struggling to keep up with passenger demand amid a growing worker shortage. While there's no quick fix to the problem, some are taking steps to avoid a long-term crisis, especially when it comes to recruiting America's next generation of pilots. Here's more. With the busy season of air travel upon us, passengers are bracing for more delays as airlines deal with the national pilot shortage. But in the Pacific Northwest, a new training program aims to make a difference in the long run. Bailey Couturier will soon enter the Ascend Pilot Academy to pursue his dream of flying commercially. It means a lot to me specifically because I grew up in foster care. The 21-year-old from San Diego getting a preview of his future on a recent summer day. I think that I am extremely grateful that I've been given this opportunity to pursue a career in aviation without having to go in debt. The program is a partnership between Hillsborough Aero Academy and Alaska Airlines and its regional partner, Horizon Air. Upon enrollment, cadets receive a conditional job offer at Horizon and are eligible for low-interest financial aid and a $25,000 stipend to cover the cost of a commercial pilot license. I get this euphoric feeling, thinking to myself, wow, I can't believe this is what I'm doing. You know, And I do know that for a lot of individuals who really want to, they can't uh, because of that huge barrier, the finances. The overall training can cost about $100,000, which is often a barrier to entry. This is definitely life-changing. It's opened the door for me directly to my career and my dream. 
The FAA requires a minimum of 1,500 flight hours to qualify for an airline transport pilot certificate, which officials say can take three to five years to complete. Officials at Alaska say they'll need to hire 500 pilots a year for the next four years just to meet their staffing needs. This program is only one part of building out the pipeline. According to consulting firm Oliver Wyman, airlines worldwide need an estimated 34,000 new pilots by 2025 to meet growing demand and to keep up with retirements. This is a sector in the economy that's going to be growing robustly. That means that you will have a very good job, and if you like the sky, then, well, the sky is the limit. Alaska Airlines hopes to recruit and train up to 250 pilots a year as they scale out the program. Earlier this year, United Airlines also launched its own pilot training program in Arizona. A new Deloitte study finds that a large number of CEOs are considering quitting their jobs. This is happening amid an already worrying worker shortage situation. The study surveyed 2,100 employees and executives across four countries, the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and Australia. It found that 70% of executives are thinking about leaving their positions. The reason, they say, is because their current job is hard on their well-being. In fact, the study found that around one out of three employees and executives are constantly struggling with fatigue and poor mental health. And here for analysis on the survey's findings, NTD's Don Ma with HR expert George Randall. And here with us is George Randall. He has 20 plus years of Fortune 100 HR and talent acquisition experience. Right now, he's head of HR advisory with the company Talent War Group. Talent War Group is a leading management, consulting, and executive search company. George, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So a recent article caught my eye. A Deloitte study found that 70% of C-suite leaders in the U.S. and other countries are considering quitting their current jobs for a job that better supports their well-being. Now, I understand you deal a lot with executives in your field. Are more C-suite executives unhappy with their jobs now than before? Well, I think it follows the trend of the greater population. It's just that executives tend to stand out. You know, we're in the period of the great resignation. Everybody coming out of COVID and now seeing the economic insecurity, inflation, and some of the global crises is causing everybody. But executive C-suite or C-suite or very, very senior leaders are more impacted from an equity standpoint than most. So it's quite reasonable that they're thinking about making a change or something that works for them and their family better. Now, I want to talk about another point about the study. It found that a significant percent of, of employees at various companies feel that their executives don't care about their well-being. Now, in your expertise, how serious of an issue is it when employees feel like they're on their own? It's huge. And it's, it's actually magnified by the great resignation. You know, people want good leaders. People might love the company mission. They might love the company brand, product, or service. That goes out the window when you lack good leadership, when people aren't, senior leaders aren't coaching, managing, training, growing their people, they don't feel valued and they're gonna go to places. Talent now has more choices than ever and they will go where they are wanted and valued. So then my next question is, if I feel like I'm working for someone who doesn't seem like they care about my well-being, what, what do I do? What's your advice for them? If you're not happy with where you are, make sure you're defining what success looks like for you in the next role. 
because companies are fighting for talent. They're going to make their roles look great. And you want to make sure that that matches your definition of success and what you hope to achieve for your future. If a company is uh, seeing a worker shortage, how do they get people back to work? The first thing you need to do is double down on good leadership. I can teach people how to hire faster, hire better, but it, it's not going to help. The people in your firm that brag about your leadership and your reputation, your culture is the way that you attract people to your firm. Your culture and your talent brand comes first. To do that, double down on great leadership. And how do you have a good brand? Through many things, number one, people want to work with good people. You know, whether you're looking at pro sports or companies, people want to work with other great people. They say A players run with A players. People want to challenge. So make sure when you're strengthening the culture that everybody that comes in isn't just doing a job. They're there to do that job, but they're thinking of their futures. And you need to invest in those people that you've spent all of that time to hire. Let them know they're valuable that their career trajectory is in your hands and it's in dang good hands. Now on that point about the people, George, should you put health before work, given that it might not be so easy for some people if they're living paycheck to paycheck, but what would you say? I would say one thing is health is something you can rarely get back. Um, and I don't think you have to make a choice anymore. I think that's part of the great resignation is people are finding out where they can be healthiest in all facets of their life and being productive makes you healthier, makes you happier, makes you more energized. You no longer have to compromise in this talent market. George Randall, head of HR advisory with the Talent War Group. Great having you on. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Still to come, what's a July 4th without fireworks? NTD Business speaks with one of the big names in the fireworks industry. Apple revving up car software so you can buy gas using your car's dashboard. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. Google has offered a proposed settlement to U.S. Android app developers. The $90 million fund from the search, giant will, the search engine giant will help address allegations that it had anti-competitive restrictions placed on app makers who were hosted on the Google Play Store. The deal also has other provisions that focus on benefiting app makers who previously had issues with revenue charges from Apple and Google. Thursday's settlement says Google will keep the pricing model it created in 2021. In it, app creators pay 15% for the first million dollars made in yearly revenue. Google says this deal is available to app makers who earn under $2 million annually from the Google Play Store from 2016 through 2021. Apple wants you to start buying gas directly from your car's dashboard as early as this fall when it rolls out the newest version of its CarPlay software. A new feature will allow CarPlay users to tap an app to navigate to a pump. 
They can then buy gas straight from the screen in their car. Fuel apps are just the latest in an effort by Apple to turn vehicles into stores for goods and services. The push is likely to increase tensions with automakers that have plans of their own. According to the U.S. Energy Information Administration, the average U.S. household is estimated to spend nearly $3,000 on gas in 2022, amid record high prices. Now, to kick off the long weekend, we have a holiday special for the upcoming Independence Day. In an exclusive interview, NTD's Phil Zoe speaks with one of the biggest family names in the fireworks industry, the Souzas. They're responsible for the fireworks shows at the Olympics, the Super Bowl, and of course, the Macy's Fireworks Spectacular. Here's the story of the American dream. The Olympics, the Super Bowl, the Macy's 4th of July Fireworks Spectacular, you name it, they've probably done it. We're talking about the Souza family behind Pyro Spectaculars by Souza. They've been performing the biggest fireworks show across the globe for over 100 years. It was founded by my great-grandfather, uh, Manuel de Souza, at the turn of the century in the San Francisco Bay Area, fulfilling the American dream and came here and they had some knowledge of it from back in where we're from, uh, from the Azor Islands in Portugal. Spanning five generations, the family business is now being led by James Souza, president of Pyro Spectaculars. When it all goes up in the air and you hear the oohs and ahs, then you kind of get hooked to it and then the rest becomes history. So. But it hasn't been easy. Business was down a whopping 90% during the pandemic. Since then, the Souzas have been fighting to make a comeback. We're very happy and, and blessed that uh, we've recovered from the, the pandemic. And now we're back to, to pre-pandemic levels, getting ready to stage uh, over 400 shows on this 4th of July weekend from sea to shining sea. So how much work does it take to plan 400 shows for one weekend? From 400 permits and insurance certificates to 400 crews that can range anywhere from size of 4 to 50, uh, like in New York has even 60 crew members working on five barges there. So it's a, it's a year's worth of effort um, importing uh, fireworks from all over the world. But the expenses have gone way up. Things have changed. You know, starting the turn of the year, insurance has gone up, and now the cost of containers, if you can even get them with the supply shortages, have gone normal cost of 10000 per per container to now 30-35, and that's a, a COD, by the way. So if we want to get the containers out of Long Beach, we got to pay up front to get them. No matter the cost, Souza says the tradition must continue. Right now, the show must go on whatever it takes to do. If we've got to pay more for trucks or pay more for fuel that wasn't factored in in the in the pricing in January and February, the show must go on, and we'll sort that out at the end. I still think it'll be okay. And one reason is the dedicated staff at Pyro Spectaculars. I do it as a passion, not for money. Let me tell you, we're not going to get rich doing fireworks. Antonio Bestard has been a licensed pyrotechnician for over 30 years, but that's something he does only on weekends and holidays. I, I feel I practice law in one of the most exciting counties in the United States, being in Los Angeles. Bestard has been a criminal defense attorney for over 40 years. He was in court the day we spoke, working on two murder cases and another for arson. Bestard recalls recruiting people from all walks of life just to make sure the show is a success. So some of them were lawyers, uh, judges, DAs, uh, and firemen and bailiffs, uh, sheriffs. 
and police officers that would join me. And they were the best workers because they knew how to control a crowd. They knew how important safety was. The Souzas will be working on the Macy's 4th of July fireworks spectacular coming up this Monday in New York City. So now we're celebrating our freedom. And I think it's important for all of us to stop the bickering and stop what's going on on both sides and just say, hey, here we are. We're called the United States of America and come together as family and friends and celebrate what we have as a blessing that the world envies our freedom. Phil Zoe, NTD News, New York. If you have any news tips or feedback for the show, send us an email at business at ntd.com. That's the latest from the NTD business team and myself, Chenny Wu. You can still catch NTD Evening News with Stephanie Cox at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter, too. For NTD Business, that's all for today. Thanks for watching and have a nice weekend.